Hi, welcome to another episode of the Art for a Change podcast. I'm your host, Deb Putnoy, artist, educator, and drawing activist who believes art has the power to change your brain, change your community, change your classroom, and change your connection to yourself and the world you live in. Each week, I will share with you different ways art, creativity, and drawing can change your life. Walking into the first grade classroom, the small faces look up at me with anticipation and wonder. What's in the box? What will we be doing with her? The desks are in rows. Word walls, color-coded bins, and animal posters ring the walls in a 3D collage of space. Hi, my name's Deb. Who likes to draw? As I hand out their new black sketchbooks and their pencils without erasers, I hear, I like to draw cars. I like to draw people. I like to draw butterflies. I ask them, are you ready for our first drawing adventure? Eyes are wide, pencils ready, the excitement and the energy vibrate around me. I call out the first prompt. Make a fast line on your page. They respond, what? Another voice, does it need to be this way or that way? The teacher asks as he waits to make his mark, horizontal or vertical? Another calls, you mean like this? Many voices add their questions to the invisible pile of worry. I respond, any way you want. I have not introduced the rules of drawing yet because I want to see where they're at. After I say any way you want, the but hangs in the air and hesitation and fear. I can feel it in the room. It's an invisible force. The, but what if I do it wrong? I can feel it, this energy of subtle fear. And I'm thinking, these are seven-year-olds. What can they already already be so afraid of when I ask them to draw? A couple of students dive in and make their first fast line, and then the rest of the class follows their lead. The next prompt Draw a bumpy line. A bumpy line? And the call and response continues. Like this? Is this okay? Is mine right? Do you have an eraser? None of my pencils that I've handed out have an eraser. I have to stop them from reaching into their desks for their school pencils with ready erasers. I use these pencils deliberately so that the students aren't erasing everything that they draw and start again. I find that in a lot of classrooms, kids are so connected to their eraser they barely get anything out on the page. The need to draw perfectly feeds their insecurity. I encourage them to just draw what comes out. And I say it again, any way you want to draw it is just right. One girl sits quietly trying to disappear, not a single mark on the surface of her white paper. I don't know what to do, she whispers. What if it's wrong? It'll be okay, I say. Just give it a try. And she just sits there. She's paralyzed with fear. The idea of making a mistake, of doing it wrong, in some preconceived way, keeps her from trying, from making one mark on the page. She's so small, her feet barely touch the floor. I see in her eyes a girl who is in need of the rules of drawing, of owning and believing them, because the rules of school have scared her so much she can't put a mark on the page without making sure she has got it right. I call out to the class, 
It's impossible to make a mistake. Just follow your own idea, follow the lead of your pencil, and just see where your line will take you. I add, when I come to visit, and I'm in your class, when we draw, there are no mistakes. You can't do it wrong. I see the young girl, her eyes wide, slowly pick up her green drawing pencil, and with the lightest touch, carve a bumpy line across the top of her page. A small, neatly executed bumpy line. Her own bumpy line. This first exercise, seemingly simple in design, teaches students a lot about their own marks, but has also taught me about the fear that lives in so many students, even very young, young ones, the fear of doing it, whatever it is, wrong. I think the most political or radical thing I say in schools is there is no wrong way. I say, when I draw and you are thinking with your pencil, then it's through drawing that we find our own solutions. Close your eyes and draw looping lines, I say to them. I hear some giggles and I see eyes peeking open as they are drawing, but I can feel the energy has shifted from trepidation to a more playful state of discovery. As we work our way through the 10 or so prompts, I see the students start to break free from their fear. I see they, they crave this freedom from someone saying, it's okay, make a mess, make some scribbly lines. Drawing is b- about discovery. When we finish drawing the different kinds of marks, I ask everyone to bring their drawings to the rug area, even the teacher and assistant teacher. Everyone places their drawings in the center of the circle. No one knows whose is whose, and no, no one drawing stands out or is better than any other drawing, not even the teachers. I ask, what do you see? Take some time. Look at all the drawings. What do you notice? Hands shoot up. They're scribbly. The dark jagged line there takes up the whole page. Some put the marks in neat rows. Others are messy. This one's really interesting over here. They're all different. Yes, I say, they're all different, just like you. We're all different. We all have our own special way to draw, our own lines and our own marks. We are one of a kind. This is your evidence. Your concrete evidence is lying before us. We all have our own way to make a bumpy line. We all have our own way to make a jagged line. We all have our own way to make dark dashes. We are all different, and through drawing, these differences can be explored, respected, shared, and honored. The students keep looking at the work. They're really interested at how all the marks are on the page. I add, and when we draw together, no one is better than anyone else, and there are no mistakes, only pathways to new discoveries. See where your line can take you. Drawing is a language, and the marks are what we use to communicate. If there's one thing I know, it's that when you're engaged in the creative process, then you need to get comfortable making mistakes and working with them. You never know where a mistake can lead you. What you may think is a mistake 
maybe a whole pathway to a whole new discovery in your artistic process. As the writer Annie Lamott says, here's how we break through the perfectionism, make a lot of mistakes, fall on your butt more often, waste more paper, printing out your shitty first drafts and maybe send a check to the Sierra Club, celebrate messes, these are where the goods are. I totally believe this quote and have found it true in my own creative process as a visual artist. It's scary to make a mess. I know that. A mess of your life when you know something is wrong. A mess with your artwork. Getting down and dirty with your work and getting lost in the chaos to come out the other side. This is dynamic and this is the way that you want it. Mistakes and messiness force you to be in an unknown territory. You don't know what the outcome will be, and you are so not comfortable letting go. Like other kinds of practice, it's important to put ourselves into artistic spaces that encourage mistakes and messiness and not knowing so that we can practice letting go, getting lost, and then making our way out in ways we could not begin to imagine before we started. We need to help our children and our students and teach them that making mistakes and messiness is part of learning, that we learn by trial and error and and to be in a space of openness. In the drawing lab, I encourage mistakes and messiness. I bring this process approach to the classroom and at times teachers are kind of uncomfortable when I come in. There is no definitive path or right answer. The sketchbooks might look a little messy, but I believe that thinking is messy, making art is messy and life is messy. We need to get comfortable, even in schools, with making a mess and working through that, thinking through that feeling, that messy process. It is about process. What I have found is that the students actually relish the messiness once they are given permission from teachers and adults, that it's okay to delve into the messy process of creativity and drawing and not not necessarily know what will come out on the other end. So... Get out there and start drawing and cherish your mistakes. See where they'll take you and start jumping in to the messy unknown. If you're interested in learning more about my philosophy about drawing and art, check out my interactive sketchbook called The Drawing Mind. You can buy it through Shambhala or on Amazon.com. Thank you. So today we're going to do something a little bit different here on the Art for a Change podcast. We are going to do a little bit of drawing and we're going to draw to sounds. And the way that we're going to do this is that I'm going to play a bunch of different sounds and then I want you to just draw the sound that you hear. But I don't want you to draw what it is. So if I drew, um, if. So today we're going to do something a little bit different here at the Art for a Change podcast. We're going to draw some sounds and some little music clips 
The first thing that we're going to do is to draw some sounds. And I want to do this with you today so that you can really engage and connect with your sense of hearing. You know, we walk around every day listening and hearing things all the time. If you walk down a busy city street, you'll hear sirens and people walking and clips of conversation and maybe the birds chirping. And, you know, there's so many sounds around us, but we don't take that time to really slow down and to pay attention to these sounds. And so we're going to do that a little bit today. And the way that we're going to do that is that I'm going to ask you to close your eyes to listen to the sound that I play. And I don't want you to draw what the sound is. So just for example, if I played the sound of a heartbeat, just the sound of that heartbeat, I don't want you to draw a picture of a heart like a schematic heart or even a picture of an anatomical heart, I want you to draw the experience of hearing that sound. And I want you just to use your marks. And your marks are really like dashes and dots and lines and different kinds of lines. It could be dark lines and light lines or light dots or fat dots. Any way that you want to use those different marks on the page just to describe that sensation of hearing in your ear. So that sound of the heartbeat, like how would you make that sound on the page with just a drawing? And don't overthink it. It's a little bit of visual problem solving. And I just want you to connect with your sense of hearing and just draw that hearing experience on the page using your marks. So we're going to try this today. I'm going to put a couple, like I'll put a couple seconds of one sound and then I'll give you a little time to draw it. And then I'll do another sound and I'll do about eight different sounds and then I'll come back on and then we're going to do little p clips of music and have you do the same thing. And then I'm going to talk to you about why I do this at the end. Um, so let's give it a try. Um, want to kind of jump on here today and just get you connecting to your sound, to your, to your, to the sounds and to your sense of hearing. Okay, thanks. Okay, now that you've listened to all those different sounds and done your drawings, and if you want to share your drawings, I would really encourage you to join my Drawing Lab Facebook group, and you can draw, you know, upload your drawings in there, and we'd love to see them. We People share their drawings all the time, and it's great to share um, drawings so you can see just the range and the infinite ways that we all draw and make a mark. So... Now what we're going to do is try something a little bit different. We're just going to listen to little clips of music. Um, and these are going to be different kinds of music. And I want you just to think of your pencil dancing on the page to the music. Again, you're using your sense of hearing as the catalyst to make the drawing. And just kind of close your eyes and let it be a freeing kind of experience of just letting your pencil dance to the music. And we'll try this with a couple clips too and see how it goes. Okay, I'll see you on the other side.
Okay, now make your drawing. Remember, just use your marks. Make your drawing of that sound. Just use your marks, lines, dots, and dashes. Before we jump into the drawing, it might be a good idea to gather some materials. If you have a sketchbook or just a pile of Xerox paper or really any paper, just get maybe 10 sheets of paper. Um, it could even be the back of an envelope or any scrap paper you have around. It doesn't need to be anything fancy. And you can use a pencil, a ballpoint pen, some markers, any tools that you have that are readily available. Again, this doesn't need to be anything fancy. It's really about using drawing as a tool to connect with our sense of hearing. So you can turn this off for a second, get some materials together, and you can label your papers one through 20. I don't know how many drawings we'll get to, but um, just have some paper and, and drawing tools at hand, and we're going to start. Okay. That was sound number one. Draw what you heard using your marks. Remember, there are no mistakes. Just give it a try. That was sound number one. Draw that sound experience using only your marks. Remember, there are no mistakes. That's sound number two. Start drawing. Now draw sound number three. You can also draw the sounds while they're playing. That's sound number four. Let's draw that one. Remember, use your variety of marks. Sound number five. That's sound number six. You can try closing your eyes when you hear the sound too and see if that changes how you draw. That's sound seven. Remember, there's no mistakes. Sound number eight. How can you use your marks differently to capture the, what the sound is? Now we're gonna switch gears a little bit and instead of listening to discrete sounds, we're gonna to listen to little clips of music. And I chose different kinds of music and I want you to really think of your pencil dancing on the page to the music. So give it a try. Close your eyes, listen to the music and have your hand just dance, to the, on, dance on the page to the music. You can um, use both hands at the same time, your opposite hand, your hand that you normally use, but just kind of follow the rhythm and the feeling of each music. So give it a try. If you like drawing to music, I encourage you to 
make your own playlist of music that you would like to draw to in your home um, or with your family or with your class if you're a teacher. Um, Great pieces of music to listen to are Miles Davis or um, any jazz musician, some classical music like a Yo-Yo Ma piece with a great cello. You can listen to rock. I like to use music that doesn't necessarily have words because then you can really focus in on the sounds that you're hearing. But make a playlist and just let your pencil dance on the page to all that different kind of music. I want to keep encouraging encouraging you to draw to the things that you hear in your everyday life. So whether it's music or sounds on the bus, sounds on the street, the sound of your dog, just use your pencil as a way to capture those different sounds and the experience of hearing. 